Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Busy day in baseball. One day before the trade deadline, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands and readjusting of underpants. But the Sox did not make a move. One day left to make one if they like. And on the field, the only move they made was backwards in the standings. A four-plus-hour ball game. It featured a lot of chances for the hometown nine. In the end, a really disappointing 6-5 loss to the Rays, who are now the second wild card spot. And down the stretch they come. Trade deadline upon us. Lots to talk about. We'll do it now on Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Series between the Rays and Red Sox now 7-6 Tampa Bay with the home team having won two of the 13 games. What a stupid stat that is. Josh Lewin with you. Two straight six-run games from the Red Sox now and they lose them both. And we got to point this out. Last year the Sox led all others with an OPS of 792, 5.4 runs scored a game. You may recall they won a World Series doing that. This year that OPS is actually 825. And they are scoring 5.9 runs a game. Better batting numbers this year than last. So much of that killer hitting on display of late, but the pitching is letting him down. Let's back up a sec. If the Red Sox ever wanted to make a statement, if they ever wanted to flex and remind the league of who they were, they did that this past weekend. It had been occasional decent bursts and then some truly disappointing baseball, the, the kind that made Alex Cora say, that's not us. And this past weekend, with apologies to the popular TV show, this is us. That's what three out of four against the effing savages seem to suggest. And with that, the MVP race is the thing. It's going to be an uphill battle to, to see Mike Trout not get it. But as we hit August now, the Red Sox have two MVP candidates. They've got Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers. They've been a just a tremendous 2-3 combination in that batting order. And it's crazy to think that with Mookie Betts winning it in 2018, J.D. Martinez finishing fourth in 2018, that'll make four different players the Sox have had in the MVP conversation in the last two years. Some silly July numbers from the top of this order, those one through four that we just mentioned, those four guys. They've got 97 runs batted in between them. Next best is 69, giggity. Total base is 272. Next best is 224. So that one through four in the order, that is a racehorse and a pack of donkeys right now. Pitching-wise in July, well, when the starting pitcher is Eduardo Rodriguez, the Red Sox are 5-0. and Somehow they're 4-0 and with Porcello and 1-0 and with Hector Velazquez. But Chris Sale, 2-3. and David Price, 2-4. and Andrew Kashner, 1-2. and uh, Let's talk Sale for just a second because through 130 innings, usually you're looking at an ERA of low to mid twos. Last year was 223 year before was 272 this year it's 426 
Price's July ERA is five. So the, the pitching simply must improve because at some point these hitters will cool off at least a little. As of now, the uh, let's see, the, the Sox are one of four teams ever to have a 667 win percentage in July despite an ERA of five or higher. Twins of 04 did it. 83 Brewers did it. 1930 Philadelphia Athletics did it. The 04 Twins made it to the playoffs, but then they kicked game four against the Yankees at the Metrodome, lost that division series 3-1, to one, set up the Yankees-Red Sox epic ALCS. 83 Brewers missed the playoffs entirely. That was Harvey's wall bangers. Manager Harvey Keene had a 30 home run season from Cecil Cooper. Ton of doubles from guys like Ted Simmons and Robin Yount and Paul Molitor. But when your best pitcher is Moose Haas, yeah, they, they were kind of a non-starter. So, anyway, to the game. David Price against Charlie Morton. Rematch of a game back down in St. Pete from last week. That was the Angel Hernandez. What the hell was that game uh, that was going to be protested then eventually not protested? Morton, 15-3 uh, and three last year, 12-3 and three this year. Great job in the postseason, 17 and 18. League leading 2.6 ERA in 2019. Bottom of the first, they get to him. Two RBI single from Mitch Moreland, and it's a very nice start. Rays get one back in the top of the third against the former Ray, Mr. Price, Austin Meadows, tripling home Matt Duffy. But bottom of the third, Red Sox get it back to a two-run lead. Andrew Benintendi, single to right, a roller that somehow just kind of snuck through the shift. Top of the fourth, a threat, but the Rays leave the bases loaded, Price striking out three in the inning to weave out of traffic. But then the top of the fifth, as Dennis Eckersley would say, a mediocre piece of cheese to Travis Darneau. And the Mets cast off feasting by clobbering a home run up on top of the monster. Two outs later, Avisiel Garcia cranks the cutter out beyond the bullpen and right, just a titleist. Then a 3-3 ball game. Garcia, 6'4", 250, uh, just a behemoth who is uh, very quietly having a nice year for Tampa Bay. David Price had the curveball in mothballs in that last start against Tampa Bay, and really the same deal in this one. Didn't even throw that pitch at all into the fifth, but uh, more issues for Price. Eventually he would come out for the righty Marcus Walden. Price's line, four and a third, nine hits, four runs all earned. That fourth run scoring on an Eric Sogard ground out, that guy. So 4-3 Rays halfway through until the smoking hot Benintendi arcs one over the monster with a man on in the bottom of the fifth. Red Sox toggle back on top. It's Benintendi's 11th of the year. And at that point, in his last 34 at-bats, 17 hits, including four home runs, 12 runs batted in. It was an early exit for Morton, just like Price. Four and two-thirds innings, four runs allowed. However, top of the sixth, more from Garcia. A double midway up that wall and left chases home to Arno and Austin Meadows. Now it's 6-5 Tampa Bay. There's so much ball game left, you figure it's not going to end 6-5. Here comes the narrator. It ended 6-5. Uh, Darwin's and Hernandez, a 1-2-3 top of the seventh. Couple more Ks for the kid, meaning that's 24 in 11 and a third innings. That's insane. Never happened before in Major League history to start a career. Bottom of the seventh, Devers takes a 2-0 uh, fastball from Diego Castillo off that wall and left. And in that moment, he scales to the top of the AL leaderboard in batting average. 22-year-old Rafael Devers, double number 37, by the way. He's going to get 50 of those and 30 homers and 100 runs batted in. 18 other players ever have had that season. Alex Bregman last year in his early 20s, looking like an East Coast third baseman this time in his early 20s. Devers. Won't turn 23 until uh, about game three of this year's World Series. Anyway, uh, they couldn't get him home. Benintendi actually struck out to end the threat. 
against his old college teammate, Colin Pochet. Razorback on Razorback crime right there. Top of the eighth, a bumpy inning from Nate Evaldi. Like Price, a former Ray, and needing to prove he has shaken off some rust. But he worked out of it, kept it 6-5. to five. He stranded a pair. Bottom of the eighth, Sam Travis pinch hits for Moreland. Kevin Cash brings in a righty. Travis doubles anyway. And Travis, five for his last nine now. Looking like maybe there's something there with Travis. But Vasquez strikes out on a slider down and away. Brock Holt comes up against the former naval midshipman, Oliver Drake, the 11th pitcher to work in this slog of a ball game. Holt walks, brings up JBJ, who lines out. So it's two on, two out for the top of the order. Mookie bets hitless for the night. And against the 12th pitcher of the night, Emilio Pagan, infield hit to break a little 0 for 11 for Mookie. And up comes the 333 hitter, Mr. Devers. He's got a double and two singles already for the night. 82 runs batted in to lead the team. And remember, Tampa Bay has been blowing saves all over the place in July. Eight of them just in July. But Devers flies to left, slams his helmet, slams his bat. Red Sox leave him loaded. That's five LOBs the last two innings at that point. Costly to say the least. To the bottom of the ninth, Bogarts flies out, J.D. strikes out. So it's up to that man, the Cincinnati kid, Andrew Benintendi. One last chance to, to get something done. He bloops one in the left, a little doink of a single, brings the wedding run up there. Sam Travis, remember, had the double off the wall, his other at bat. This time a roller into right, base knock. He got first and third, winning run on base now, tying man 90 feet away, or 30 yards if you'd prefer. Either way, Christian Vasquez, two for 20 in ninth innings this year for what that's worth, and against a listing Emilio Pagan and the Rays uh, out of mound visits. That'll happen in a four-hour game. Fly ball to the track and left. Got under it, and that's it. That's seven left on in the final three innings. A very disappointing 6-5 loss. Sox now 59-49, and a game and a half behind Tampa Bay and a game behind Oakland as well. Alex Cora was asked about all the missed opportunities after the game. Here is the Red Sox manager. That, and that uh, in the fifth inning, you know, look, uh, location of his pitches was off. You know, uh, everything was like middle, middle, down, and they put good swings on it. Um, and they battled some bats earlier. He made a good pitch on Duffy, but uh, in that end location was way off. So you know, they put some good, uh, good swings on it. Uh, obviously, Price was huge for you guys to start the year, but the last month and a half or so, are you seeing anything with why the results haven't been there? Um, there were some some 94s today. You know, I think that Duffy had bad when he struck him out. I just feel like, you know, location-wise, he's been off. And, uh, you know, there's a guy that he's very precise. And when he's on, you know, the fastball into righties and then dominating the outside part of the play against them. It's always there, cutter, sinker, change up, fastball up, and he's been off. Kind of like um, he started in Detroit as far as, like, it was a good one, but a lot of foul balls, a lot of grind at bats, and then um, obviously the one in Baltimore. So, you know, we'll take a look at it, but I think location is everything with him. Uh, now, usually last year early, you know, the plan of the pitches velocity-wise, but today there was separation. It's just like he wasn't able to execute pitches uh, in the edges of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. 
watching the last innings unfold, you had a ton of opportunities. What uh, you know? What, what did you see happening with the Rays matchups uh, and, and your hitters? I mean, uh, we were patient enough to get our matchups. You know, um, we got the tough lefties out of the way, so we had the lefties against the righties, and uh, you know, they made a good play up the middle on the ground ball by Mookie, and then Rafi missed a few pitches and, and the fly ball, and uh, you know, that last pitch to Christian, he, he missed it. But uh, I think we had chances early in the game uh, to put the Rays out, and we didn't. Um, you know, we have men a second, no outs, and uh, within a score. And when you're facing guys like Charlie, uh, any opportunity that you have, uh, it doesn't have to be a big inning. If uh, you score one there, it's, uh, it's four, he might come out of the game early, and, you know, and then the matchups kind of like uh, work for us. But uh, we weren't able to do that, um, and we didn't put him away. After Benintendi hits the home run, you know, you have the two outs, nobody on. I think it was in the sixth inning. Uh, how tough was it to kind of see the bullpen give it? Very tough. I mean, uh, two-out walk. Um, we like the matchups, you know, and, uh, you know, we got the lefty lefty matchup against Meadows, and he gets a base hit on a 2 count, if I'm not mistaken, and then Brew, he battled with uh, Garcia, hung a pitch, and hit off the wall, and, and that can't happen. And that, that for us to, to take it to the next level, we got to put guys away. And uh, that was a big shutdown inning for us. Uh, we, we put a good swing on it, and we, we, we do what we do, and then with two outs, and you know, it's, it's tough. But uh, we got to go back tomorrow and try to do it again. Uh, you mentioned before the game you've gone to Barnes in some earlier spots in games. Was there any thought of him in the sixth? No, we felt that the lefty-lefty matchup was good for us. Then the breaking ball against Garcia and the fastball up was going to be good. And I think we were going to be you know, lined up for everything after that. And um, you know, those guys have to do the job, too. It's tough to you know, go right away in the fifth inning with two outs to our guys. You know, And uh, they, they have a job to do, and tonight they didn't. You talked before the game about the importance of you know getting six out of your starters. So, um, you know, personnel aside, you knowing what happened, how tough is it to just to you know have to rely on guys in the fifth and for you know? Well, it's always third. tough. It's not like they're not trying. You know, it's just a bad night as far as location. But uh, you know, the other guys have to step up, and uh, they've been throwing the ball well. Uh, JT there, he fell behind. Waldy did a good job coming in for for David. Gets a ground ball and gets out of the inning in the in the fifth, and you know he got two quick outs and then the walk. So. Uh, we we got to do a better job there. Okay, good. All right, thanks Thank to Alex Cora. And, you know, the bullpen actually did okay, but there's still all this talk with the bullpen ERA being 19th in the major leagues. Got to bring in someone like Edwin Diaz, who, by the way, blew a save for the Mets on Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, the, the reports are that it would take Bobby Dahlbeck at least. And I understand if people don't want to do that. But reports are that it might take an Andrew Benintendi to bring in a guy like Edwin Diaz. How about Ken Giles? How about Kirby Yates? How about, oh my gosh, there, there's so many guys you can talk about. If San Francisco wants to make Will Smith or Tony Watson available, Sam Dyson, who's a free agent after 2020, is a good short-term option. Daniel Hudson, Sean Kelly, Greg Holland, yada, yada. Uh, back to Diaz. He's intriguing. He's got a, a ridiculous BABIP, uh, close to 400, which is not sustainable. And, and if you put a good defense behind him, he's certainly much better. The Mets don't have that. But anyway, that's all going to get tied up soon because the trade deadline is indeed upon us. 
As for what you got right now, David Price on Tuesday night, it was a struggle again for the sometimes surly lefty. And, uh, well, you know, he's, he's surly when he's winning, too. And you don't mind that. But sometimes he can be surly and losing. And that's when people tend to kind of turn on David Price. But he met the media after the game, a game in which he struck out nine, but only lasted four-plus innings. Again, here is David Price. Well, to give that lead up, you know, right back, right after, that's, um, that's tough. Um, it's, it's been a grind over quite a fat past, you know, five or six starts. Just um, outs are tough to get. It's been tough just throwing strikes. Um, but physically, today was the best I've felt in, um, in a while. And um, I feel like I have some... Uh, some stuff to address, you know, these next four days before I pitch in New York, but um, I think I think it's going to get better. It's your fifth start against Tampa Bay. What did you see from how they were trying to maybe counter what you were doing on the mound? Um, I feel like their approach was good. You know, I mean, I feel like it's it's always pretty good. You know, the lineup can uh, can change from time to time with them, but um, they hit the ball well to uh, the opposite field. Uh, they kept the ball in the middle of the field. Um, they hit mistakes, you know, and that's what, uh, that's what good teams do. When you say things to address, you know, Alex talked about location. Is there anything happening, you know, happening in, in your mechanics there you just feel like, that you feel like has prevented you from having the Um, I mean, I feel better out of the stretch right now than I do in the windup, and that's, um, that's tough, but, um, there's, there's different things I can do out of the stretch that I can't do out of the windup, and, I mean, I went to, uh, I went to the stretch for about a year straight, you know, because of that. But um, I've got to be better out of the windup. You know, I want to be better. Um, just, uh, just kind of a rhythm thing, and um, I'll get that ironed out this week and uh, and be ready to go in New York. Yeah. How much are you looking forward to seeing what what Dave might do between now and four o'clock tomorrow? Um, excited. You know, we um, we're not where we want to be in the standings, but. Uh, you know, all in all, for the way that we started and just the way we played at home, you know, we haven't uh, we haven't put our best foot forward yet, and that's that's a good sign, you know, considering where we are in the in the standings right now. So um, I look forward to see what happens tomorrow. Um, I think everybody else does too. Six to five, the final price continuing to struggle over these last four weeks or so. Speaking of struggling, next up Wednesday night, you got Rick Porcello for the Sox, and man, does he need to get things going. Cy Young winner just three years ago, and heavy hangs the head who wears that AL Cy Young crown. Check it. Blake Snell, last year's winner, on the IL with a 4.3 ERA. Corey Kluber won it in 2017 and 2014, by the way. He's on the IL with an ERA of 5.8. 2016 was Porcello. He's healthy, but his ERA is 5.55. And in 2015, that was Keuchel, who was unsigned until a month ago, now has a 3.9 in Atlanta. Tampa Bay will do that wacky opener thing. It's going to be a, a tag team, we are told, of Kittridge and Yarborough. If you're of a certain age, it probably reminds you of Shields and Yarnell or something like that. That was a, a, a mime duo. Seriously, they used to go on variety shows, and we sat there uh, as doofuses who were like five years old at that time watching Tony Orlando and Dawn and whatever else was on, all these weird variety shows that they had. And they'd bring out Shields and Yarnell, a couple of mimes. So there, I mean, I know a lot has changed between the 1970s, late 1970s, and now. Where are all the husband and wife mime duos? I haven't even seen that on 
on Jimmy Fallon. Not that I watch a lot of Jimmy Fallon. Anyway, I'm, I'm way off topic here. It is going to be Kitrich and Yarbrough. They're not mimes. They're Rays, and they will go for Tampa Bay against Rick Porcello, 7-10 first pitch at Fenway. I'm Josh Lewin. Sorry about putting mimes in your head. Sorry, too, that the Red Sox left 11 on base and lost the game Tuesday night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.